Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Welcome again to Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. I am not alone this week. Back from her self-imposed blackout of the Dodgers. She went out. She had thought about roaming through the woods for 40 days and 40 nights. But uh, I think she got hungry and cold. It started and it started raining. (laughs) Right. And she thought, I have a house with a fully stocked refrigerator most of the time, despite two teenage boys. I'm back, back from the woods. Um, It was all right, you know, it was hanging out with a bunch of girls, 12 to 17 year old girls. (laughs) Oh, so you guys probably really broke down what's going on with the Dodgers while you were out there around the campfire. (laughs) Totally. I think most people, if I had even said anything about baseball, they would have been like, what are you talking about? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't really. Um, well, you never I know. didn't talk about baseball. Actually, when I was out there, my phone just died. Like it didn't. It wasn't, oh, it needs to charge or something. It just died. Like it needed to be buried. And so I was a little anxious because I couldn't even check baseball scores. That's probably okay. Probably. It's probably. But I mean, still, I'd like to know what's going on. So I didn't have any, I didn't have any access to anything to the outside world (laughs) other than what was happening. Did you like some, have some kind of a ritual and bury the phone out there and dance around it? No, no, because I had to bring the phone back so I could, you know, get, get a, new a new phone, one, trade yeah, it in, gotta, a new one, trade it get in, the whatever. Gotta get the SIM card out. Yeah, so I couldn't just bury it. But well, now you, you could, you can afterwards, right? Or did you have to trade it in? Do you have to give it in for insurance or something? Or no, I just I can, yeah, I can bury it, give it a proper burial. <laughs> It's dead. It's gone. Farewell. Farewell. Yep. All right. Well, I know right before you left to go out and wander the woods, you were really, really unhappy. But you said you felt like you had a good idea as to what was happening and why the Dodgers were going down the road that they did. So we're going to bring that up when we get to the Dodger segment. But right now... Right. We got to hop in the car and head to Omaha. So last week I told you who was on their way to Omaha. Far as I know, everybody's there. A couple games already under their belt. And really, the big question is, is can the men's team from Oklahoma match the success of the women's team in the College World Series and win it all. Yeah, so far they are looking really good. They are two and oh. 
and uh, they beat Notre Dame uh, in their last game and uh, looked really good. Good, good game. Um, super impressed with the shortstop from the Sooners, Peyton Graham. I mean, this guy, it's like, sign him right now to the Dodgers, right? <laughs> I mean, I know Trey Turner's there, but, uh, I mean, he's tall and lanky. He kind of reminds me of Trey Turner in a way, in the way he, in he, the way he plays. And uh, I also did not know that Notre Dame has uh, rally bananas, but they're actual bananas. So all the guys in the dugout have a banana peeled and they take a bite when something good happens. No, oh, okay. So it's not like, you know, I guess like the Savannah bananas would actually have a guy in a suit and rallying banana. No, Notre Eating Dame has a Eating a banana a real, as well. So he right. could be a cannibal banana. He could be. But Notre Dame, I guess they have bananas waiting in the dugout and they all sat there with the bananas peeled waiting to something good to happen like the real deal Rally but that bananas. didn't happen for them yeah it didn't, didn't happen uh, for them they got some they got some potassium they, they did a couple so of vitamins but obviously not a w of course in order to get to uh oklahoma notre dame had to beat texas which they yep. did uh, Oklahoma took out Texas A&M, so two Texas teams, and those two teams uh, moved on. Well, like I said, Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Notre Dame now moves down to play Texas A&M because Texas A&M and Texas met up, and oddly enough, the preseason number one is no longer in the College World Series field. Yeah, totally eliminated. I mean, they were on the cover of Baseball America as the favorites to win it all. And so you have Texas, who was a preseason favorite, and then you had Tennessee, who didn't even make it to Omaha. Because, uh, I mean, I would have said, yeah, Tennessee's going to, they're going to do it all, and they're not even there, courtesy of Notre Dame. So now Notre Dame is going to play Texas A&M, and the winner of that game will go on and play the Sooners. And then if uh, if the Sooners beat either one of those teams, then the Sooners will be waiting around uh, to go to the finals. Yeah. I am super excited. I am a Sooner fan. Uh, I have not shy about that. So I texted you, Boomer Sooner. Yep. 2-0. Oh. <laughs> soon as, uh, as soon as it happened. Uh, in, the, uh, in the second bracket, Arkansas and Ole Miss – Coming up, and we had talked about Arkansas being um, a surprise and maybe a Cinderella here. Yep. And uh, and they played well. They beat uh, Stanford to send Stanford to the uh, to the losers bracket, and they moved on. Auburn and Ole Miss uh, playing one another, and uh, Ole, Mer Ole Miss uh, knocked Auburn out, and then uh, Stanford and Auburn played, and Stanford. Another highly ranked team eliminated. Yeah, the Cardinal flew away from Omaha because they got eliminated. You would have thought, though, since they're not after a bird, but like a tree or the color, right. <laughs> that they would have stayed put strong roots. But no, they got knocked over. Timber! 
Yeah, I liked it. Well, the bird in the tree had to fly away because it was, the it fell over. The tree was about to fall. That's right. Yes, there was uh, a tree falls in Palo Alto or Omaha, I guess, technically. So Arkansas and Ole Miss in an SEC battle to see who goes on. It looks like Ole Miss will be uh, moving on and they're going to wait to see who wins between the other two SEC teams, the one they just beat in Arkansas and Auburn. So right now, yeah. if if nothing changes, if if um, Ole Miss wins and uh, wins this game and then beats whoever comes out of the next game, then we'll have the, the series matchup will be Oklahoma versus Ole Miss. Yeah, that'd be... It's always, um, I have to say, I don't think I've ever been disappointed in the College World Series and their, you know, championship games. So they always have really good, good games. Um, One of Oklahoma's, he's an infielder, outfielder. He's a redshirt, redshirt junior. Um, I want to mention this because it really stinks for him, but his name is Brett Squires. He's out. In the very first game um, against Texas A&M, he broke his hand. So he is in the dugout rooting on his teammates. But, yeah, he was – it was six for 23 with a homer and four RBIs since the start of the postseason. So he's out. He's been a good good cheerleader for the Sooners. But that's the only – I had to do a special wheel of College World Series IL, and that's the one that that I know of and have heard. So, well, that's and this is one of those where it's just it's it's uh, disappointing because how do you know if you'll ever make it back to the College World Series? You know, even if you're even if you were a freshman and that happened, you don't know that you'll ever make it back. Right, and OU. Um, you know, I think the last time they were there was 2010. The last time they won was 1994. So, yeah, it'll be, so we will, it'll be good. So next time we get together, we will have a champion. Yes, we will. So we'll put a wraps on the College World Series next week. Uh, for now, it's time to move on and take a look at where the sibling rivalry really comes in. It was a freeway series this last week. And normally we would wait and do this in like split it up between the two segments, the Angels and the Dodgers. But we thought, you know what? Why do that? Let's do it all right now. We'll talk about the the highs for the Dodgers, the lows for the Angels, because there weren't really any highs for the Angels. And uh, and we'll so that should give it away what happened in this uh, in the freeway series. Uh, Dodgers do walk away with uh, the two wins. I was wrong. Last week, I said I figured they'd split one and one because neither team is really running away or dominating, at least not at that moment. Yeah, no, I would have agreed with that. I would have thought the same thing. In fact, I would have probably even said that the Angels would come in, as they often do, to Dodger Stadium and beat the Dodgers and take the the take series, the first them. two. Yeah, I, I thought about that, but then I realized who was pitching for the Dodgers in game one. Catman. That's right. Tony Gonsolin, and he's been so solid all season. I wasn't going to 
say, yeah, no, they absolutely got it. Last season, I definitely would have said, oh, Tony Gonson's on there. All right. Put a put a put a mark in the wind column because he just was having issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, This season, not the case. This season, not at all. Going up against Thor. Who didn't look bad in the game, but not. This is what. You know, I talked about at the beginning of the season what people who weren't sure about this signing were saying all along is that do we really want to spend $20 million on somebody we're not real sure about? You know, he's just coming back off of uh, Tommy John. He's had a couple outings that he didn't look good in. Yeah, and those were supposedly like rehab outings and he didn't look good. So, yeah, I mean. (laughs) So he... He, um, I mean, he went four and two thirds, but before he had been getting, put himself for, you know, put himself in position for a decision every game. He goes four and two thirds, gave up two hits and one run, struck out five, but walk three. Uh, the Angels only had three total team hits. Uh, and Shohei was responsible for two of them. Mike Trout, the other one. Everybody else was just dead. Brandon Marsh, three strikeouts. So, and then uh, Jared Walsh, Max Stassi, and Squid each had two strikeouts each. So, you know, there just wasn't anything happening. But on the other side, in this two to nothing win, Tony Gonsolin, six and a third. Yeah. And, yeah. And he went, this is the first time that he had pitched into the seventh inning. Um, he said that he wants to continue to be able to go longer into the game. Um, and I think at this point, I think that, um, you know, Dave Roberts would, you know, definitely let him go as long as things are, you know, he's being Catman like as he has been on the mound. Um, so yeah, I mean, he looked really good. Six and a third innings, as you said, you know, he has his eighth victory. His ERA is 1.42 struck out six walk to. And he has allowed two runs or fewer in all 12 starts this season. I think that's quite a stat. Yeah. For him. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. He turned that corner, as they would say, from where he looked like he had the potential to be good. We just needed to, to you know, keep going until he got there. And he got there. All of a sudden, yeah. he's just the guy. Yeah, he's here. And also, I noticed, I mentioned this, I think, last season, that I thought that maybe he had pasta before his every start because on his, um, I think it was on his right sleeve, it always looked like there was like a stain, you know, looked like a pasta sauce stain. He doesn't Uh have that anymore. So maybe that is also (laughs) helping in his starts. He's not eating pasta. I don't know, but uh, I mean that would be Tommy Lasorda approved if you were having pasta before every game. But yeah, no, he's looking really good. Uh, Mookie Betts hit his 17th um, home run, and uh, it was a nice victory for the Dodgers because they looked so horrible in San Francisco, and they needed a win. They did. Uh, they got a little help there. I mean, really, the only earned run was Mookie's home run. Uh, Justin Turner got the other RBI when Thor walked him in, bases loaded walk. And uh, 
or he got the walk and it, it uh, you know, scored a run when Justin Turner was walked. So he got that RBI. Uh, now the second game saw the other part of the tandem, the dynamic duo for the Dodgers, who didn't have a great outing the last time he pitched in Chicago. And that would be Tyler Andy. Tyler Anderson yeah. had a really hard time last time. This time, I don't know how many times it is this season that the Angels have been right on the verge of being no hit. They almost got, uh, we're almost the victims of a perfect game. But Tyler Anderson kept them down until the ninth. So he went eight and a third, gave up one hit. One run was credited to him, even though he wasn't on the field when it scored. We'll talk about the guy who let that happen in a second. But he had a no-hitter going through eight and a third. Yeah, and he wasn't even aware, he said after the game, that he had a no-hitter um, because runners, you know, reached on an air. They had a walk. There was um, a hit batter. So, you know, he wasn't even in that mindset or that frame of mind, because he had, you know, there was some traffic on the base pads. Um, and uh, Mark Pryor told him, you know, he got to 99 pitches in the seventh inning. And Mark Pryor's like, yeah, we'll probably, you know, we'll probably pull you. Um, but he ended up throwing a career high of 123 pitches, 78 of those for strikes. He struck out eight, walked two. And uh, yeah, Dave Roberts, it's kind of funny. He said, I know I am seen as the Grim Reaper for, you know, these kind of situations where you've got, you know, things happening. Um, But he said he let him go because he looked good and he wanted to see, you know, what was going to happen. A lot of talk on Twitter that night that they people were like, oh, my goodness, Dave, let him stay in. He let him go. Yeah, it was worth it. You know, the Angels, the Angels couldn't do anything, obviously. Like I said, they almost got no hit there. It turned out to be Shohei Otani comes up in the ninth inning, one out and hits a triple. Yeah, a triple. I mean, at least if you're going to give up a hit, you know, a triple. Well, and and honestly... How many times has somebody hit a triple and got stranded there for both the Dodgers and the Angels? Yeah. So Lots. it wasn't as if, okay, so you gave up the no hitter, but you could preserve the shutout. The problem is that didn't happen. Before we talk about that part, though, not only did Shohei break the, the um, no hitter, but when he scored a run thanks to Matt Duffy's uh, RBI single, That broke 25-inning scoreless streak that the Angels had been mired in. They were bogged down by that. That broke it. They finally finally got a run across the plate. And even though they lost this one 4-1, it could have been 4-0 if not for your favorite reliever of all time. And I know Mary Hart thinks he's great. (laughs) Oh, what I would give. To have Kinley back, you know, I don't know how many saves he has, but he's three and zero because he's gotten the win a couple of, you know, three times. <laughs> oh, Craig Kimbrell, what is wrong with him? 
what is going on? Sometimes he looks really good, and other times, most of the time, <laughs> he just looks bad. Like, why did we trade AJ Pollock for him? I don't I, get it. You got me. I mean, I get that Kinley left and did his own thing because things couldn't right. work out with the the Dodgers. That has nothing to do with uh, with Kinley. Uh, Kenley's got 18 saves on the season so far. Yeah. And yeah, that would be, that would be better than what, uh, I mean, one of the things too in the Dodger bullpen is we're missing Blake Trinan and he should hopefully be back by July. Um, so, you know, coming up pretty soon and, you know, maybe that will, you know, I don't know what role he'll be in. Normally, he's like an eighth inning guy, um, but they have used him as a closer. So will they not just use Kimbrel, but also use Trinan when he does come back? But I don't know. I just I want to like Craig Kimbrel, but it's like, uh, what what is happening? And you know. I just, it happened again. And, you know, we'll talk about the Dodgers segment, but it happened again against Cleveland. It's like right. a never ending story. It's the same. It's on repeat. So he's, he's flying on some big hairy looking beast around <laughs> wherever there's a save to be blown. Craig Kimbrell is on his way in the never ending story. Uh well, the Dodgers got uh, got a couple of home runs that night. Will Smith with a three-run shot, and then Trey with a solo. Uh, Cody and Freddie Freeman, each with a stolen base in that game. Yeah. I, those are two guys I just wouldn't expect to have a stolen base. Well, Cody, I mean, you know, occasionally. Uh, Freddie, I guess occasionally. So they maybe they were like, if I steal a base, if if you steal a base, I'll steal a base. You know that kind of that okay. kind of thing. Yeah, that could I, be. You never know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, so you know the Dodgers took both games of the freeway series. You know, their six and, series sweep of the season, which should we weigh more? You know. Yeah, it should sweat. be. <laughs> Um, but alas, it is not. It is not. And then, uh, so they uh, they took a day off and uh, waited around for the Guardians of uh, of Cleveland to find their way to the ravine, and the Angels headed north for a five game series versus the Mariners. All right, well, if you're a Mariners fan, the coolest thing you saw this weekend was probably that the Mariners, in honor of Juneteenth, wore the uh, Seattle Steelheads uniforms, which were, I think they were only there for one year, but they were a Negro League team in Seattle, uh, and they were only there, like I said, for a year. But in honor of uh, of Juneteenth and, and to honor the Negro League team there in Seattle, they wore those jerseys. Pretty basic, I, but uh, cool. Yeah, that was a 
I thought that was uh, really nice. I was just thinking of Mike Trout as he's heading to Seattle. You know, the South Park theme song? That's what came yeah. to my head. Like, I'm going down to Seattle, going to hit some home run, you know, going to have right. myself a time. Friendly faces everywhere, home runs to be had. I don't know, but I don't know what that just came home to Home runs head. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, well, that would have been the other thing that maybe not the not excited about, but a cool, you know, one of the greatest things to see happen if you're watching this series is that the Angels had a really good five-game set versus the Mariners. They really did. I mean, if you looked at the Angels in this series, you would think, these are the angels that we were watching, you know, before that skid, the Nickelback skid, I'm going to call it. <laughs> and, um, and say, wow, you know, this is the team. This is the guy or, you know, or whoever. But, well, they called um, him, they call him the, the Prince fish. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because we had Tim Salmon, who was the king yes. fish. That's what they called him. So when Trout came up, he was the Prince Fish. Yeah. So a, a strange set. This is a rare set. Five games. One of the games, which is the, from the Saturday doubleheader, is one of the games that was canceled or postponed from the 4th of April, which is when they were supposed to see each other way back then. But it took till now for the uh, for the. Mariners and the Angels to meet up So that's one game from there The other four games were the regularly scheduled Games and we'll get We'll have some more of those across baseball As they make up Those first two weeks That were uh, cancelled They were rescheduled into Other parts and then at the end of the Season as well Uh, Game one they pick up a Win four to one which was exciting because they really hadn't been doing anything. And just as we saw with the Dodger series, 20, they had been 25 innings without a run. They finally got it. Didn't help as far as the, the win or loss, but it helped, I guess, in breaking that, uh, you know, we just can't do it. Shohei was on the mound through six innings, gave up only three hits, no runs, struck out six. And then, uh, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, and uh, Rysel Iglesias, which during the win streak and at the beginning of the season, these guys had really started becoming uh, unstoppable seven, eight, nine innings. Uh, Ryan Tapera gives up uh, the one run. Iglesias strikes out all three batters that he sees, and that's the end of that game. Uh, so it's nice to see those three guys kind of coming back around again because all three of them oh, yeah. fell apart. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, as far as, you know, they won four to one. Prince Fish uh, hit a pair of two run homers to account, you know, for the Angels offense. But no one's going to complain about Mike Trout uh, home runs. And the Angels won on the road for the first time since May 15th. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. It, it's it's unbelievable. So Mike Trout starts off his killer weekend, two home runs, is responsible for all four RBIs, 
in his two home, both shots were two run home runs. And I'm going to go ahead and do the spoiler now. Every home run he hit over the weekend was a two run homer. All he of was them. just, yeah, he was, I don't know. He was on playing, fire. He was on fire. Yeah. Uh, he was Taylor putting Ward. all of his money, all the chips on two. Yep, two. he did. He went there and <laughs> Taylor Ward, three for five. Otani, two for four. And Tyler Wade, two for four, uh, just to, to get him going. Sometimes I think that takes a lot of it is if you can just start hitting, you can get things going. Yeah. Well, maybe we got a little excited a little too fast. A little. Because the next night, the biggest thing to happen really for the angels was Michael Lorenzen hitting former teammate, Justin Upton in the head. Yeah. That, you know, obviously was not on purpose and the ball slipped and you know, yeah, he went scary moment off on MLB and the changing of the balls and that the balls were slick. And, uh, he's like, I'm tired of dealing with different balls they are all feel different. And he said he just slipped out. Luckily, even though Jay up came out of the game, he was able to finish up the series. He's been DHing for the Mariners, and he DH the remainder of the series, uh, past the uh, the concussion protocol and everything. But he did come out of that game early. The Angels uh, look like them their old selves, their June um, selves for sure. Oh, once again. No hitter in the in the works for the other team, not the Angels. The Angels were on the yep. receiving end of that. Last year's Cy Young, uh, AL Cy Young Award winner, had him on the ropes. Uh, he pitched through seven innings, ended up giving up three hits and one run. That'd be Robbie Ray. Uh, had control yeah. over the, uh, the Angels for sure. And the thing is, is... Um, you know, that it was Max Dassey who hit when he hit that ball, it went toward the mound and it went right over Ray's head. Um, and he didn't, you know, it skipped off the top of his glove. And of course, Dassey got to first base. Um, and all he could do was smile like, yep. Okay. That's the end of that. At least it wasn't but, like the one the other day, and I don't remember who it was, where they're in the ninth. He's pitched eight and two thirds, and uh, and the ball just got over the left fielder's glove. Just yeah. Well, one thing about the Angels, so they had this, you know, a no hitter. Robbie Ray had a no hitter going into the seventh. Um, the. Dodgers, Tyler Anderson, we talked about, no hitter. And then the Yankees, uh, Jamison Italian had a, a perfect game against the Angels until the eighth inning in early June, June 2nd, I think. But the Angels are the first team to break up no-hit bids after the sixth inning three times in the same month since the Astros did it in 1984. So I don't know if that's something they celebrate, <laughs> but it is a cool stat, you know. It is. That is kind of cool. Well, there's a stat for everything when it comes to baseball. Oh, yeah. 
So Michael Lorenzen, this is one of his worst outings. He did go five innings, but he gave up uh, seven runs on seven hits. Walked three, struck out three, gave up a home run. That one to Cal Raleigh, and uh, who had uh, the home run and a double. Ty France had a double and three RBIs in the eight-to-one shellacking of the Angels. That one run scored. Juan Lagares hit a triple, uh, followed by a squid double, and uh, that would be it. Jack Mayfield, who recently sent down, has not been has not been the player that we saw last year that we were excited about. Uh, I think he's now Lieutenant Jack. Yeah, been, uh, no longer been, captain. He's been uh, demoted, but he did come in and uh, pitched, faced four batters in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, yeah, probably, why not? Probably the biggest thing in this game, Mike Trout, 0 for 3. But that goes with the fact that Robbie Ray was dealing. So that gets us to Saturday. We got the doubleheader. We got two games. Game one, Mike Trout is back on it with another two-run home run. The Angels walk away with a 4-2 to two win. Kurt Suzuki helped with a two-run double. Uh, Matt Duffy and Captain Caveman, two hits each. Now, Patrick Sandoval, in line for a win here, throws six innings, gives up four hits and one run. But thanks to Archie Bradley, who blows the save, the Angels have to come up with some more runs. So instead of getting a save when he finished things out, Rysel Iglesias gets the W because the Angels did score the two more runs that they needed. And uh, Jose Quijada gets his first career save. Yeah, in Zinnings. Yep. So they uh, they walk away with a, with a win there. They take a couple hours off, grab a bite to eat, do whatever. I don't know. Did you know that... This uh, doubleheader is just the fourth since T-Mobile Park opened in 1999. And the first nine-inning twin bill since 2007. Wow. In Seattle. I don't... Well, I I get it because the doubleheaders have kind of gone the way of the dodo. Yeah, they really have. I didn't think about that, but yeah, they have. they, they, They don't happen that often. And they're not scheduled like years and years ago during the seventies, they were scheduled all the time. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's yeah. why. And now like it's Banks, like, let's play too. He was excited yeah. to play baseball, but there were actually double headers then. Yeah. Now it's, you know, rain delay or, you know, like in this case, the season starting late, but yeah, I didn't think about that. You're that's right. Um, I, I, Patrick Sandoval, you know, like you said, he allowed one run, four hits, but he's allowed two earned runs or less in five of his last six starts. So that is good for the Angels. That's something that they can, you know, say, okay, you know, we know if he gets on the mound, at least in his last starts, if he continues, that could be something positive, positivity for the Angels. Absolutely. So then we get to game two. And Mike Trout does something that hasn't been done by an angel 
since 2015 when Albert Pujols does it. And that's hit a home run in both games of a doubleheader. Yeah. And he the jacked last... another two-run uh, shot. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the last time that happened was June 20th, 2015, against Boston when uh, Tio Alberto did that. And he's one of four angels to accomplish this in the last 45 years. Just four. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike is on fire during this uh you know, and when you look at it, he I think he leads Major League Baseball in slugging percentage and OPS. And so and that's after going 0 for 26 at one point in this season. Yeah, where he couldn't hit. It did seem like he couldn't hit anything. What said he couldn't hit water if he fell out of the boat? Yeah, it was that bad. So Mike Trout, once again carries the team. Uh, Jared Walsh has a pinch hit home run in that goes two for two. And as far as pitching goes, Jose Suarez, Jimmy Herget, and Archie Bradley all pitched well uh, for a shutout combined eight strikeouts in the three, nothing win in the second game of the twin bill, uh, taking us to the final game of the set on Sunday. And Taylor Ward went three for four. Max Stassi had a uh, RBI double to drive in uh, Luis Renjifo. And rookie Kenny Rosenberg gets his first start of his major league career. Goes four and two-thirds, two hits, gives up no runs, walks three, and gets away with it. Only struck out one. But in this four-to-nothing win, two of those runs were driven in by, yes, Mike Trout with another home run. He was just out of control. Yeah, in that second game, it's 51st career home run against Seattle. And he the loves 33rd playing. home run in T-Mobile Park. Yeah, I mean, he he must love it. He if loves I'm the Seattle, City. If I'm Seattle, I'm calling the Angels and going, look, I know you've got him signed till he's like 80. But maybe we can work out a deal and we'll send you J.P. Crawford and Ty France and Robbie Ray <laughs> because uh, I don't think Mike they Trout go for it there. Could you imagine if Mike Trout played 81 games a season in Seattle? I mean, he, he would like have home runs in a season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it'd be insane. That wrapped it up. They walk away with. Um, four out of five and they start a stretch now where they're playing teams that are kind of below average. They've got Kansas city and then Seattle again for the coming, this coming weekend. And I was just listening to something the other day and they were talking about different teams and how they've turned things around. And like the Braves had a losing record. They now have a winning record. And then you listen to the last few series that they've won were all against teams that they should have beat teams that were, mm -hmm. that the Dodgers were swept by. So teams that yeah. they should have beat like the pirates. Uh, so that's what the angels have to do to turn stuff around. They're not out of playoff contention by any means at this point, it's still early enough. Mm -hmm. And if they can really turn it on and have more of these series where they're winning the series 
and they're they're winning the weeks like they were, you know, a month ago, then they're going to be they should, they could be in good shape and they could make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, so, they're in second place right now in the AL West. I mean, quite a few games back, but they can right. make, you know, they could make it up. There are some, you know, things happening with uh with with Houston, so no, you just never know. Well, you can always hope that, you know, Houston falls off and, uh, you know, doesn't, can't, can't stay, stay on the pace that they've been on. But yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's one of the things that's, uh, that's going on. Even when they were playing well, so were the asterisks and they couldn't keep up with them. They lost out of right. first place, not because they were losing, but because, the asterisks were just playing better. You know, they're lucky that Seattle's just underachieving. Oakland, of course, we kind of expected Oakland to go where they're going to go. Texas has surged, but they're still, you know, fighting their way back. They're only two games ahead. Actually, they're only a half a game ahead of the Rangers in the AL West, nine and a half behind Houston. But at this point, you don't need to worry about what Houston's doing. You need to put yourself in a position to be that top wild card. So I don't know that there's really a question as to who the player of the week is. Do you have any questions? I don't have any questions. Um, I just know who my player of the week is, and I'm sure he's the same player of the week for you. Matt Duffy, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that would be... Mike Trout of Millville, New Jersey. (laughs) Yep. That's who I had as well. Five home runs, nine RBIs. uh, And that was all just in that five game set because he really didn't do much against the Dodgers. That was the big thing. You know, batting average wise, he was only seven for 26, but he made those seven hits matter. Yeah. I mean, he just was crazy on fire in Seattle. Um, You know, his home runs... You know, he matches Rafael Palmero um, for the most by any player off the Mariners. It's nice company to be in. Sure enough. There's only one difference and one big difference between those two guys. As of now, only one of them is probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's time for Dodger baseball. So interleague play came to Dodger Stadium. They had the Angels followed up by the newly minted Guardians of Cleveland and Jose Ramirez, who had a message for Freddie Freeman, which was, you're a good hitter after me. (laughs) Last year's MVP, Jose Ramirez, in the house with his team, with uh, a pretty decent uh, pitching staff, ready to take on the Dodgers. At one point this season, I'd have been up, Mark this one down as a uh, as a win. This series is a win. The uh, Guardians weren't doing that well. The Dodgers were doing great. And now they're kind of in the same spot. So it was a toss-up. The Dodgers aren't playing great. They're still high up in the... Uh, I noticed that they're still high in the power rankings. But I think yeah. it's just because they did all their work early on. They've been coasting. They're going to have to... You know what they're doing? They're doing rabbit in the hair. They started out, they were running, they were, they were way up there. And now they're like sitting under a tree while the Padres just kind of doop de doo right past them. 
We'll talk about some issues with the Padres coming up in the next segment. Uh, but the Dodgers don't seem to be really focused. And it kind of no. shows in this uh, this first game in an L. Zach Plezak well, on the mound for the Guardians. Throws six innings, gives up one run on five hits. Kirsch on the mound. He went five innings as well. The problem is, is that he gave up five hits in one run. And the Guardians didn't give up any more runs after the one run that Plezak gave up. The Dodgers yeah, that was did. it. And the other problem in this game is the Dodgers kryptonite. It was a Zennings game. Right. So really, if you're a team that any team in the in the MLB that you're you're playing the Dodgers, get it to extra innings. You're going to win every so time. I'm, I'm watching the game and we get to that point and it goes to Zennings and I get up and I turn off the TV and Blanca yeah. says, I mean, you're not going to finish watching it. I go, it's Zennings. Dodgers are going to lose anyway. They're 0 yeah. and 5. Oh, and five in extra inning games. Uh, Cleveland is five and two in extra inning games. Dodgers were one for 13 with runners in scoring position in this game. Stranded 11 runners. I mean, this is like a constant thing with them. It's just they get somebody on base and nothing happens. I mean, Cody Bellinger... Did have a home run in the game. That was, that the was one. it. <laughs> well, the Dodgers have left 450 runners on base. It's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous the, for a on team. The season, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, when you look at this team, you think, what is happening here? But in this game one, it's, you know, it's the Dodgers kryptonite is innings. And they cannot win. And I don't know why, but I mean, there was one season where it was like they were walking off left and right. Oh yeah. And now no, that they was just crazy. The 2019, they were that way every game, yeah. walking it off, walking it off. Yeah, it was exciting. And now, like you said, is innings turn the TV off because they're not going to win. No, you you hope for that bottom of the ninth walk off because if yeah. they don't get it, then. It's over. That's it. Well, lucky for them, the next night, even though they were two for 14 with runners in scoring position, they got a pretty good outing from uh, Julio through six innings, only gave up two hits and one run. So that was nice to kind of see him back in form. Yeah, his first win since May 20th. I mean, that's not who you... I mean, we've talked about this with Bueller and Urias, you know, Bueller on the IL now, but Julio has always been solid. And, you know, he was 0-3 in his last four outings, um, and he finally got a win. And, you know, I will say, too, that when Julio has pitched, he hasn't gotten a lot of help offensively. So it's not that he necessarily— The offense has been offensive? Yeah, to to him, yes, because he can he. It's not that you know he can be decent on the mound, but if he doesn't have any run support, then it's going to be the same result every time. 
Um, well, he got Freddie some run Freeman support had, in this one. Uh, Trey yeah, with a home I mean, run and two RBIs. Mm -hmm. uh, Gavin Lux had a triple. Freddie went three for five. JT had a two RBI double. Cody went two for five. And they walk away with a seven to one victory. Yeah, I mean, and that that's an it's a good victory. Nice win for them. The Dodger bullpen has looked better. They were kind of they were faltering. Um, they've gone in, you know, five games and 12 and two third innings without allowing an earned run. So they were looking better. Only thing is, is in this game, Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger collided and it did not end well for Mookie no. because he has a cracked rib and is now on the IL. Yeah, that was, uh, that was disappointing for sure. And talking about disappointments, let's go to game three. The finale <laughs> of this three-game set with Cleveland. It keeps now, getting better. Now, one thing that, that was pretty good, uh, Andrew Haney, back off the IL. Uh, five innings pitched. He did give up five hits, but only two runs and struck out seven. So not a yeah. bad outing for his first game back from, uh, from the IL. Uh, problem was... The bullpen, Daniel Hudson with a blown save. And then we yeah, mentioned just, him earlier, Craig Kimball. Yeah, what does he come out to? Uh, it comes out to a Guns N' Roses song. Oh, yeah, Is like, it, uh, um, oh, who was it? Because they were talking about it, that he comes out to um, Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, he is not a sweet child of anyone, any Dodger fan. <laughs> If you think of it like that, I don't think that's not what I'm thinking. Like that you're sweet. Like, Ooh, Craig Kimball's coming to pitch sweet. No. <laughs> <laughs> and no. Daniel Hudson again. Especially not lately. Yeah. Daniel Hudson again, you know, has had really, really great, um, you know, relief, uh, innings in relief. And then he just comes out and just like, like, have you pitched before? You're like, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. And I just gave you that stat that in the in that second game where they won, the bullpen had gone five games, 12 and two-third innings without allowing an earned run. And then in this game, it doesn't work that way. They just, it's like, you know, at work, you know, days without, incidents they're changing it in the bullpen <laughs> <laughs> they're putting up the sign because just when they think they can uh, put up a they can leave the zeros up no nope. now it's like days since last blown one yeah yeah we're not um, up to a hundred days since we got to go back to zero now man yeah well they lose it five to three freddie hit a home run lux with an rbi eddie alvarez scored in there he's been playing quite a bit trey turner with an rbi ct3 also scored a run but uh, they just couldn't get past shane bieber six and a third seven hits three runs nine strikeouts and what i've seen in seeing that the guardians play quite a bit lately against a lot of different teams josh naylor has mm -hmm. uh who played first base he's dh this guy is like he would have been one of the stuntmen back in the oh, day yeah. with the dodgers 
Yeah, totally. He's one of those guys that's just, he's kind of a utility player. When you look at him, you wonder, like, to go to basketball for a second, Kurt Rambis with the Showtime Lakers always looked out of place. Josh Naylor, when you see him, doesn't look like, he looks like he'd be a hot dog vendor. Not, uh, and he's been playing really well. So that's been, uh, he's been pretty impressive. We'll see. You know, lucky for the uh, Guardians, they play in the AL Central, which is uh, not that strong. And it kind of goes like we were talking about with the Angels playing. The Angels have KC, Seattle, Chicago. Uh, they they got to play the uh, the baddest, uh, the team from the baddest ta- part of town there. And those are teams they should beat to uh, to get back in the groove. And Cleveland's beating these guys Cleveland is um, on top yeah and they're gonna start a uh, three-game series this week with the twins who they were seven and a half games back of the twins on May 29th but now they're only like a game behind them and the twins are in first place so that'll be a series to watch and another interesting thing too is the Guardians are unbeaten in their last 10 interleague games when a right-hander is on the mound. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the Dodgers, will they get a break? Won't they get a break? They go to Cincinnati. Yeah. So you think, okay, so they're going to start a nine game road trip with uh, three in Cincinnati, three in Atlanta. This is going to be Freddie Freeman's return to Atlanta. Like the Saturday game, I think it's going to be on Fox. The Sunday game is going to be on ESPN. I mean, they're like all over it. But I'm surprised the Friday game isn't on Apple. Right. So they're all pulled off to their own. Yeah. But with the way the Dodgers are playing, I mean, you would think, okay, they're going to go into Cincinnati and they should just totally just sweep those guys. I'm not so sure. You know, you cannot. The confidence level is not there. For them, you know, to think, oh, yeah, they're going to win. Of course, you want them to win and you have that positive attitude. But, I, you know, I don't know. It's just I don't know what they're going to do. I I told you I had this theory about their playing. And a lot of it centers around Max Muncy. Max Muncy went on the IL, did a short stint, did a little rehab, same results, came back. They played Chicago. He had that one great game and then nothing. Well, Just nobody's going to walk the hitter in front of him on a one, two count anymore. No, it's never going to happen. That horse is again. out of the barn. Yeah. Now, Max Muncy said, I like playing second base. And if Freddie Freeman signs with the Dodgers, you know, he's going to be the first baseman. I'd be happy. I'm happy. But we know we see him at the plate. He obviously is not happy. Mentally, there's something going on. And I think that a lot of Max's problem is psychological because he went from being the everyday first baseman to playing second base, playing third base, and then, you know, or being the DH. And he doesn't have a solidified role on the team. And I think that affects him. And then the other thing is the Dodgers just are disconnected when they're playing. They're not on the field. They're going through the motions. There's nothing exciting about watching the Dodgers. I mean, 
you know, they have a good play, they get a home run, but there's not, they're not, it's like they're bored. And yeah. it's almost yeah, like, I could see that. that. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, we got Freddie Freeman. We had Mookie Betts, you know, he's on the, on the IL, but Trey Turner. Eh, all right. Uh, they're just out there. And Dave Roberts had come out and said, you know, we got to win every game we play. We need to win. We got to figure out a way to win. I'm going to talk to T. I'm going to talk to players individually. But you need somebody on the team like the only one I the person that I would love <laughs> would be like a Kirk Gibson type guy. Right. To go in the clubhouse and shake it up. Because they're in there, and I don't know what they're doing, but they're like, oh, okay, this is this is how I think. They lose the game. Eh, we lost the game. All right. And then they go and go home, and they come. There's no, it's like, there's no excitement to watch the Dodgers. They're not exciting. They're not, they're leaving people on base. They're, they don't, it's like they don't try. It's like, yeah, we'll get them next that time. Mookie Betts a couple seasons ago? When he showed up, he was kind of that guy. Yeah. Said, let's get in play. And he's just become one of them. I mean, he's right. had some he... great times up until the injury, but he's also had some just like stinking times, at, now, at least with the bat. Yeah. Now, I, you know, with Mookie out, uh, Trey Turner has gone to the top of the lineup, uh, you know, where he's the leadoff hitter. And I like that. I think that Trey Turner is a better leadoff hitter. Um, obviously, not during the month of May, but with Mookie, but I think shake things up and Dave Roberts needs to, you know, he can't be Mr. Nice guy. He's got to go in there and say, if you're being paid, you know, however much you're being paid and you guys stink. I mean, they do. Why are they there? Yeah. They're at the top of the division, but they really shouldn't be right. They should be to me, the way they play, they should be like, third or fourth, the way they play. Cause they just say battling just, the Rockies and the Diamondbacks for last place. I mean, really, I mean, if you were just to watch them play, there's just no excitement. It's definitely in uninspired playing. baseball. Yeah, like, it is. And we'll I don't win it. We'll do it. Well, you know, that's what, that's what happened. You know, that's happened with teams. The, the winning gets so commonplace and when they fall off, they'll be thinking, oh, we'll just flip the switch and yeah. it'll be, we'll be back in there. And eventually the switch is worn out from all the times yeah. you did it. Before. Yeah. I mean, they're still on pace, I think, to win. You know, they're going to win like 100, you know, on pace to win 102 games, right? They're still there. But as a fan of the Dodgers, they, I think the perfect, they are uninspiring. They just are. It's not fun to watch i mean i watched the game on sunday and it's like okay and then here comes daniel hudson here comes craig kimbrell and then the dodgers can't do anything in the bottom of the ninth i mean grounder you know nothing and then they don't even hustle trey turner does but i think that's just because he's fast but they don't even hustle to try to get you know basic things that you learn in little league and they just don't even do it yeah, so then I watch the OU Notre Dame game, and that was like exciting. And those guys are out. Th- I mean, diving catches and making 
you know, just and getting hits when they needed hits all over the field. They're using the whole field. There's no shifts. They're just using everything. Right. And it just is super. It's I love the Dodgers, but they it's like they're just they're boring. Yeah, you're not not interested in watching, and they're not the team where you thought even if they're behind going into the bottom of the ninth, they'll can come back. They're behind by ten runs. They'll score eleven. You yeah, know. No. But now I don't I don't have that same confidence in them either. No, I don't. And uh, you know, I we mentioned Mookie Betts is on the IL. He's hoping that he'll be out for about two weeks. The Dodgers did a trade with the Tigers. For Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson played for the Dodgers back in 2016, 2017. About 107 uh, games worth of a of a stay with uh, with the Dodgers. Yeah. So he's back. And he's hungry um, because his brother just won another NBA title. Yeah. So they're like, "Come on, the what's just wrong with you, up Trace?" Lake plays like, yeah, and his <laughs> and their dad, Michael Thompson, was a Laker and was a number one draft pick in the NBA draft and. And all that he's like, he's like come the, on trace yeah it's like the odd man out stand. you know you got the, the two basketball players and then the baseball player so the dodgers were looking for a right-handed hitting outfielder they got it in trace thompson so we'll see how that works but dodgers have got to get something going because you know i, I obviously when i was gone i couldn't watch the games but i honestly it's probably good for I you was yeah, no, it wasn't like I was, you know, missing it or, you know, having any kind of you know, like withdrawals or something from Dodger right. baseball because I just feel like there's the chemistry. There's something not clicking, you know. It's Freddie Freeman, you know, and he said, Freddie Freeman has said, you know, I'm just not I'm not where I should be. Um Trey Turner's got, you know, hitting streak after hitting streak after hitting streak and he's doing stuff, but I think be a team. Stop being individual. Well, what's interesting Be a team. with Freddie, and you talk about being part of a team, Freddie is batting like 100 points better with runners in scoring position than he is when the bases are empty. So yeah. he's trying to do stuff. He bats over 300. With that, he's batting you know, in the mid-200s with, uh, with nobody on. And I, you know, it just, but the problem is, is that they're not, they're leaving these guys on base. Guys are getting doubles, standing on second base, and then that's it. Inning's over. Yeah. And then, like you said, with Trey Turner, you know, he goes a hitting streak, then he'll go a game, and then he's back on another decent hitting streak. Nobody's following him. Right. Yeah. There's no, yeah, they're just, they just don't seem to be, they seem to be nine individuals out there playing their own game. And that's what Dave said. And, Everybody's on their own individual. I talked about it last and, week. And Yeah. That he and thinks everybody's kind of going for their own individual stats and not trying to, not playing for the win, just playing to pad their stats. Yeah. And uh, we don't want to see that because you're not going to win anything. If you're thinking you're going in the playoffs and you're going to play like that, you're you're not going to get anywhere. Which is what they found, you know, in uh, in the last couple of times. With the exception of 2020, they haven't been able to uh, to get past uh, anybody to get to 
the World Series and pick up another piece of metal. All right, well, one guy that I think might help them if the rest of them will follow is my player of the week this week. Who's yours? So I went through and I looked at, you know, this um, box scores and I just was looking for consistency. And so I went with Trey Turner. That's who I went with as well. Cause he was, <laughs> he was the most consistent player throughout uh, the whole week. Uh, seven for 21 for a 333 batting average hit two home runs and three RBIs. He's had better weeks, but nobody else had a better week than he did. Somebody might've had one game better. But overall, and it's kind of always the thing. You see Trey's name pop up in almost every game of doing something, even if it's just a sacrifice fly. Yeah, it's, he's helping the team somehow. And um, I would really like to see, even when Mookie does come back, I'd like to see him just stay in the leadoff position. Time to take a look around baseball. Uh, this week, we're going to uh, to let the minor leaguers have the week off. We'll check back in with them next week. So let's uh, start where we usually start with the uh, major leagues. The players of the week. Who's the AL player of the week? AL player of the week honors go to Toronto Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he has been burning up the month of June. He had three home runs, seven RBIs across seven games. And in the Blue Jays wins over the Orioles on Monday and Wednesday of last week, he went seven for 10 with two home runs and five RBIs. And in the National League, the honor goes to St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. He has hit safely in all seven games last week and with a 467 batting average seven extra base hits three doubles four home runs and 11 rbis so both very deserving of player of the week honors we'll look at uh, players of the week again next week right now though let's look at uh, big rookie performances from guys in pittsburgh named sawinski yeah Is i think he has been promoted a little more specific. Well, I think this guy, I don't know that he's ever been called Captain Jack, but I think he should be promoted to captain. Uh, he is the I first rookie. I think he could rookie. be Admiral he, Lewinsky <laughs> after this. Yeah, I think you're right. He became the first rookie in Major League history to have a three-homer game. That included a walk-off home run. He was... Three for three, all three hits were home runs. He's also became the first Pirates player with multiple walk-off home runs in a single month since Wally Westlake in September of 1947. Wow. Yeah, good old Wally. Yeah. Can't think Pirates without thinking Wally Westlake. No, it's he is a fixture. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did they uh, did they retire his number there in Pittsburgh? I can't recall. I, I believe that there's been a couple other guys who were like a little lesser players than Wally. Some guy named Clemente and Stargell. And yeah, I, I, I remember those names, too. But, but that Westlake compares to Wally Westlake. 
No. Yeah, he did it with his dad watching. And the reason I think he drove his dad to tears to see his yeah. son hit uh, three home Father's runs in a game. Day. On Father's Day. And then what makes me want to promote him to Admiral, he did it versus the Giants. Yeah, even better. Admiral, Admiral Jack. Admiral Jack. I like it. So I was looking at uh, at some of the uh, league leaders, and amazingly enough, right now, leading MLB in war, who would you think? What name pops in your head when you think top war? Mm, well, I think Wally Westlake had it in 1947. Right, but I mean in 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nobody compares um, to to that magical season of 1947 for Wally Wesley. No. Um, I don't know. Let's see. War wins. What is it good for? <sighs> Absolutely nothing. I um, thought you were going to come know. into Tell the me. Dodger segment today, just since we, we did a, uh, there was a little uh, Seinfeld moment there. I thought for sure you were going to come in. I got a lot of problems with you, Dodgers. <laughs> we'll see. That might happen next week. <laughs> well, I, some uh, of the guys that you would think that would come up, you know, like uh, Mike Trout would be a, a name when it well, comes yeah. to war. Or, um, uh, you know, Bryce Harper or some of those guys. What if I told you that Tommy Edmond leads the league right now in war? I wouldn't believe you. No. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to get over that because Tommy Edmond leads MLB with a 4.2 war right now. Uh, Luis Arayez from the Twins, part of the reason the Twins are doing so well, leads MLB with a 361 batting average. He also leads the baseball in singles and on base percentage. Uh, Rafael uh, Devers has 88 total hits. Who's got the most home runs? Here comes the judge. That's right. With 25. And then uh, Mike Trout, as I mentioned earlier, he leads the MLB in slugging percentage and OPS. Finally, RBIs. We just saw him in both Chavez Ravine and at Angel Stadium. The polar bear, Pete Alonzo, leads MLB with 63 RBIs. Trey Turner is at number seven with 49. As we all know, this is um, Albert Pujols' Hall's last um, season. And um, they were, Cardinals were playing the Red Sox, and it was the regular season, their final regular season weekend at Fenway Park. All right. Before you go on, let's just preface this that last week I told everybody about Manny Machado being a little upset about stuff going on with Albert Pujols. Apparently, yeah. he got through to somebody. Yeah, the Red Sox. Uh, David Ortiz was there, the newest Hall of Famer. Uh, Boston's, you know, they love him in Boston, David Ortiz. And they celebrated Albert Pujols' final regular season weekend at Fenway Park, and they gave him a number five from the Green Monsters hand-operated scoreboard. So now nobody can have number five there because he has it. So he's going to have to loan it to him 
So if they happen to score five <laughs> runs or they have, you know, there's just not going to be anything yeah. up there. And before the game, um, Xander Bogart said, um, said, you know, basically the same thing like you had mentioned about Manny Machado. You know, it's like, why hasn't there been more presentations this season for Pujols? Because if you remember, David Ortiz, everywhere he went, you know, he went to San Diego, he got a surfboard, he went to Baltimore, um, he got the phone, uh, he got a phone, um, I think he got, did he get a rocking chair somewhere? <laughs> and I mean, there was yeah, everywhere probably. he went, he got something and the same has not been true for Albert Pujols. And, and who's the um, more likable I mean, guy? Uh, Albert Pujols. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he, I don't, why, you know, why wouldn't it have, it had to take Manny Machado of all players to do that. Right. I mean, it tells you like, Hey, how is it that he's yeah, not getting, he's not getting this? And you know how how many stadiums has he played in so far that he's not going to go back to? Yeah, um, it's it should be the farewell tour, and it hasn't been. But the Red Sox, you know, maybe they've started something, hopefully, um, to make other teams, you know, step it up because this guy, we know he's going to be in uh, Cooperstown, but. Um, you know, show him some love, show Tio some love. Cause he'll give you a big old hug, you know, you yeah. give him, give him a present. He's going to give you a hug. So moving on, it looks like, uh, we might see some rule changes next season. Rob Manfred has come out and said that the rules committee's got together. They just had a owner's meeting, a lot of talk about it, but the biggest one looks like something that everybody's kind of on board with. And that's the pitch clock, uh, 14 seconds between pitches. Uh, 18 if there's runners on base and it's shortened the game by about a half hour in the minors uh, they are going to talk about you know banning the shift and some other rules that have come up another thing that he talked about was in the minors they're uh, they're doing where there's a, a finite amount of challenges to balls and strike calls and he said they happened fast. They didn't even realize that they'd happened. I don't, you know, and I don't know all the details about that, but they're they're working on that. He said that one's probably going to take a little while. They're going to really have to look at that one before they get too involved. Uh, the pitch clock in the minor leagues, um, you really don't even notice it. Um, and so there's not, it's not, to me as a fan, it's not that big of a deal. I, I kind of like it being sped up a little bit when pitchers yeah. work quick. It's not that I'm not engaged in the game, but I don't know how many times, you know, over the last couple of weeks, even where I'm listening to uh, a game on the radio. And at one time I felt like I got out of the car. They had just thrown a pitch. I got out of the car. I went into a grocery store. I got two baskets full of groceries, bagged them, put them all in the car, got back in and they were just making the next pitch. I mean, that's how slow it feels. Or you're like, geez, yeah. I've been gone away from this game for 45 minutes. And when I left the game, it was the top of the fifth. And now they're just starting the top of the sixth. And they hadn't scored like 50 runs. It's just the no, pitchers take happened. a long time. 
And even the defensive players will tell you, we like pitchers who are working quick because it keeps us involved. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, if you're the out there. Thing where the kids are sitting out in the right field, play, picking the flowers, the dandelions or the whatever they are, blowing the little things off of them. That's what happens. Only they don't have them. Yeah. I could see Cody Bellinger sitting out there cross-legged uh, out oh. in center field, you know, just looking around. Yeah, and if there's clouds in the sky, he'd be like, oh, look at that one. It looks like an elephant or, you know, that whatever. One looks, that one looks like Freddy. <laughs> so, you know, we, we they need to speed that part of it up. I'm not against that. I'm not against faster games. I'm against them making stupid rule changes. Yeah, I think it's because it's going to speed the game up. Well, that and then also if you're looking at you know, um, we have challenges we've, and we've talked about, you know, silly challenges. Like that was obviously a foul ball, you know, and this is talk about the Dodgers. Um, it wasn't a home run. It was foul ball. Everybody could see it. Um, but they challenge it anyway. But then when challenging balls and strikes, I think then you're just, then you're putting your hands into the game and manipulating the game way too much. Um, I don't like that. So we just talked about Manny Machado, and I think he has a uh, a good spot on this week's wheel. Oh, I, uh, uh, uh. He does. Now he has not officially been placed on the IL as of yet, but I it has to be forthcoming. In the game uh, against the Rockies, he sprained his ankle. He was running to first base, and he slipped, and he sprained his ankle. It looked like it possibly could have been broken. I mean, it looked bad. The x-rays were negative, but he sprained it, like, really good. So, or really bad, I guess. <laughs> depending on who you are for the Dodgers. He's bearing it really good for the Padres. It's really bad because he has been on a tear lately and has really been holding up that team. And uh, yeah, so he's going to be out and not sure how long he's going to be out. And you also have Joe Musgrove and Mike Clevenger, uh, two pitchers on the, uh, Padres who are on the COVID IL. So, you know, the Padres have been rolling along. So what will happen next without Machado in the lineup? Um, and Tatis Jr. is still not in the lineup yet. So, you know, what's going to happen? Where will they end up? And with Musgrove missing a start or two, because the COVID IL is a 10 day thing, that could be tough for him because Musgrove's been uh, pretty lights out so far this season. Yeah, he has been. So, yeah, that'll be a team to watch just to see how these injuries come into play. Uh, Anthony Rendon of the Angels um, will miss the remainder of the season. Um, he had wrist surgery. So another disappointment um, for Angel fans and, of course, Rendon, who cannot stay healthy, had hip surgery, um, 
now he has wrist surgery. I was going to bring it, him up, you know, in the, you know, when we talked about it, but it's just like, is he even there? They were trying no, to get just through his the, wrist issue. He was on the IL for, then he came off and it just was re aggravated to the point that, but like last year, we didn't know he had hip problems. No. He had other issues. And then all of a sudden he's got season ending hip in, in, uh, injury. I'm surprised that they didn't go, yeah, he's got some problems with his wrist, but uh, he's going to have season ending, you know, toe injury, you know, toe surgery or something. <laughs> right. Something completely yeah. different than what yeah. we think the problem is. Yeah. I'm, so my question is how long until the Angels DFA him? That's a good question. I mean, he's still got a few more years. So if they're going to wait till the last year of his contract, we still got to, you know, go through this. But Anthony Rendon came at a time that he should have not been. Albert Pujols had already started to show some signs of falling off after 10 years. Sure. We already knew it. That he could have had some and he had some great times, but we saw that happening. Anthony Rendon was coming off of a world championship. And since he's been here, he's had nothing but issues. Yeah, he put himself out to pasture. I'll give him 2020, right? I'll give him 2020 because 2020 was an off year for everybody. And that was his first year here. But it was Mookie Betts' first year with the Dodgers. How's that work? I don't, you know, the Dodgers won the World Series that year. Right? And so. <laughs> Rendon was injured. He didn't hit very well. So I give him a, I give a lot of players a break on 2020. 2021, he should have been there, but he didn't start off right. And he never really even, it wasn't like he was playing great and then went on. Mm-hmm. Like Mike Trout yeah. last year was almost, they, everybody was ready to give him the MVP in May. Because he was carrying everything and he was really doing it. And then all of a sudden he's injured. His numbers just through May, through 50 some odd games, were better than some players. Right. You know, and yeah, even maybe the whole season <laughs> for some. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the thing is that uh, he's not shown us that that same thing that he had with the Nationals. Yeah, no, the Angels uh, have not seen any type of production out of Rendon since he was signed. If I'm um, the he Dodgers, didn't I'm be not Hollywood. mad about that evermore, anymore. Oh, no. no. It's like, not only no, no. are you not, the Hollywood thing's not for you. Apparently, the beach thing isn't for you either. Yeah, nope, nothing. It just is not working out for him. Uh, another uh, guy, the uh, Diamondbacks, Nick Ahmed, he had season-ending shoulder surgery, so he was out. And then um, Ozzy Albies is on the 60-day IL with a fractured left foot, and he is not expected to return until August. You know, who's going to step in for Albies and uh switch hitter well at least so we'll see you still have uh you know you got acuna jr is back right. 
So it's not like being out without him most of the season. Uh, now you got Albies, and Albies can be back before the end of the season. So if the yep. the Braves can stay afloat, they still have to deal with the Mets. So and the Mets, yeah, have, uh, they're tough. Really showing themselves to be. And imagine if uh, when Degrom and uh, Scherzer both come back. They've been great all season. And I talked about them, you know, last week, right before the wheel of IL that they were they're they're getting close to to the comeback time. Yeah. Um, another brave, Tyler Matzik, he is on the 15 day IL. He's a pitcher. He has an inflamed left shoulder. So he is out. Um, one of our favorites. Kike Hernandez of the Red Sox, former Dodger. Wish he was back with the Dodgers. Get some fun going in that dugout. Get the banana suit on, but he's got a hip strain, a flexor strain, and he's on the 10-day IL. Liam Hendricks um, has a left forearm strain. He's been shifted to the 15-day IL. Um, And then uh, Jake Odorizzi of the Asterix uh, left leg tendon strain. And uh, he's also on the 15-day IL. This one is an interesting one. I'm talking about some pitchers here. Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers. He's been placed on the 15-day IL with an ankle injury. But he also has Raynaud syndrome symptoms. So if you don't know what Raynaud syndrome is, I have Raynaud syndrome. And it's where, um, I don't know about Brandon Woodruff, but for me, if... I reach into a freezer or during the winter months when it's really cold, your fingers can go kind of almost numb or they turn, um, in my case, they turn like really like bright red. So it's like the, um, they're just not working right and they, it can be painful. So you have to wear, you know, you wear gloves or you wear uh, fingerless gloves to keep your hand warm. Um, which would be tough for a pitcher because you can't wear something on your hand to, you know, keep it warm. So it's interesting that it's happening to him during the summer months. Um, but uh, didn't really go into detail. But that's my, you know, that's what I know about the syndrome because I do have it. So uh, Tyler McGill of the Mets is on the 15-day IL with a shoulder strain. Uh, Bryce Harper is not on the IL, but he has been out for the last three games with a blister on his left hand. So he's been channeling uh, Rich Hill and uh, <laughs> has a blister. Uh, Marcus Stroman of the Cubs is on the IL with a shoulder injury. Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals is out indefinitely with the left hamstring strain. Uh, Yadier Molina has knee inflammation, no timetable on his return. Uh, Hinjin Ryu is out for the season. Um, he had surgery to repair UCL uh, damage in elbow. And then Steven Strasburg, he made one start, and he's back on the IL with a stress reaction in his ribs. So it's not a fracture, but it could, it could if he doesn't rest it, it could become a fracture. You know, I wonder. So I don't know what's if, going on with him. If the way that the Nationals handled him from the beginning of his career has caused yeah. this injury proneness, 
that yeah. they didn't just throw him out there and get him going. They they handled him very fragilely. Yeah, they did. And um, yeah, I mean, because he's been on the IL forever. He's been spin. I'm surprised he's not dizzy because he's been on the wheel so long. The one nice thing about him, though, is that he comes off of the IL, will pitch brilliantly most of the times. Yeah. And then he goes back to the IL. It's like, you don't really, he's kind of like, he kind of shows you, you're, you're always wondering, you know, he shows you what you're missing. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, oh, great. He's back. Oh, he's on the IL. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the will of IL. We'll keep a look. We'll keep an eye out. Um, especially like, you know, Manny Machado, see how that, you know, and then, uh, Joe Musgrove, um, yeah, just, you know, keeping an eye and see what's happening. If some of these guys, um, a lot of them are going to be, continue to be spinning even next week because, uh, yeah, you know, they're just, they had season ending issues and, uh, some of them have indefinite, you know, they don't know when they're going to return. So, right. I do have to say that in regards to Anthony Rendon, kind of happy that it happened now and that it's been determined that it's season ending so that we're not waiting around for another month before they say, yeah. oh, now it's season ending, thinking he's going to come yeah, back. Yeah, and you can, yeah, and you can get somebody in there, um, which I think the Angels pretty much have done because he's been spotty anyway this season right so, matt duffy matt duffy's uh, been filling in since he's been out he left uh early during the dodger series and uh yeah so they got matt duffy david fletcher will eventually be back and they'll be able to move people around between tyler wade squid matt duffy david fletcher uh between the uh the left side of the from second base over of the uh the infield also have some DFA news. Um, the Brewers have designated Lorenzo Cain for assignment. Wow. Um, it comes on the same day that he rich, uh, reached his 10 years of MLB service time. So nice of the Brewers to do that. It was a mutual decision um, about the roster move. And, um, I don't think he's in any, the Kane is in any hurry to play, um, you know, get with the club right away. Uh, so we'll see, you know, will he, we hear a retirement announcement, uh, sooner than later. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, Lorenzo Kane, he's been around a long time, um, has always been a solid player. So that was a bit of a shock to hear that he had been DFA'd. Um, and then uh, another guy that's not really a shock. He's been a Dodger. He's been, uh, well, he's was a Mariner. Where else has he been? He's been everywhere. And that is Sergio Romo, who's a, you know, really You forgot pitcher. the biggest one. He was an angel at one point, but the biggest right, one angel. is. He won three rings in San Francisco. Oh yeah, with the Giants. Yeah, I he I just <laughs> that's right. He was a Giant. He was I a Dodger. He was an Angel. The that's I what it did was. block that out. 
Um, but he has also been DFA'd and he most likely, you know, he clears waivers. He'll be a free agent. So I wouldn't, um, I, I think he'll be somewhere on another roster. Um, he hasn't been, he had a good first month of the season and, you know, has kind of fallen off, but it's not something that can't be worked on. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but those are the two. Uh, DFAs. And then also, uh, we didn't mention, but um, teams had to, they had uh, 14 pitchers and they had to go down to 13 pitchers on the roster All right. um, this yeah. week. So, yeah, they didn't we'll extend see. it again. They had extended it earlier because that was supposed to happen like in May. And right. they extended it for a little while longer. And now they finally said, okay, now you got to get back down to regular size. Go from there. Yep. So in the last couple of weeks, we've talked a lot about, or three weeks, we've talked a lot about uh, City Connect jerseys. We talked about the disaster that the Angels had in our mind. That the Rockies looked pretty good and were very straightforward. Talked about some other ones that we liked. Well, the Brewers... And maybe this is a blessing in disguise for Lorenzo Kane. Maybe not. Don't know. Depends on what you think. But the Brewers have uh, put out their City Connect. And most people, the consensus is they like the jersey. They hate the hat. So the jersey is the powder blue. And it says Brew Crew. And that's okay. But the writing to me reminds me of old 80s style video game writing. Yeah. It's all kind yeah. of blocky and robotic looking. It doesn't look it doesn't look smooth. Yeah. But I it's guess not... if you're gonna put the brew crew on there, if you have if you're part of the brew crew, you probably aren't smooth because you're probably filled with brew. <laughs> yeah, it's just not that exciting um, of a jersey. I mean, the word brew crew, eh, okay, you know, you're diehard. Well, that's always um, been their nickname. And we know that Milwaukee right. is the city of beer, you know. Yeah. Um, the hat, though, it says MKE, as you mentioned, and that's the airport identifier. So it's like, all right, that's what you, that's, we know you as. I think I was better beer. with the hat. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Buy it either just, one of them. I think at this me, point. Yeah. I would get the well, Los Dodgers because I like that whole, you know, that's a, the Los Doyers uh, thing here. Yeah. I, that one I'm fine with. But most of most but, of them, I think, with the exception of the Cubs, I'm not really interested in most of them. No, and Maybe if you the look Marlins, at the because it's pretty colorful. Yeah, the Brewers hat, the MKE. But if you see it far away, it could just be Mike. So some guy right. named Mike could just wear the hat, and people are like, "Woo, look at you know, everybody knows." Hey, Mike, hey, Mike. Mike's got his own new era hat. Check him out. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just, they're just not really that exciting. They're just kind of boring. You know, I thought about the Kansas City Royals. I learned something new. I didn't know Kansas City was the city of fountains. Um, I think they could have totally done something a little better with the uniforms, but at least I learned something about Kansas City. You know, I didn't know that before. The Giants, those were awful. Those are horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, who's going to have one that's like, yes. So, so far, I would say my top two are the Rockies and, surprise, the Asterix. I, I put the Asterix in the top three because I, I really like the color combination of the Cubs Wrigleyville. Oh, right. Um, yeah. The jerseys. Cubs, but I yeah. really did like from the moment I saw the Asterix, I really did like that one. Yeah. All right, it's time to put a tarp on the podcast until next week when we have a new College World Series champion. And hopefully we'll have good news out of uh, Dodger Town and with the Angels. And we'll check in again to see if anybody new has hopped on for a ride with Anthony Rendon and all the other guys that are there that are out for the season. Remember, you can find us uh, on social media, Twitter, Sibling Rivalry BB without the A. And on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Sibling Rivalry BB with the A. And of course, our website, Sibling Rivalry BB.com. Don't forget, if you are looking at any of these City Connect jerseys and hats, go to our website and click on one of the Fanatics links. And, uh, support your favorite podcast or us either way we're good with that so we'll see you next week on the sibling rivalry baseball podcast don't forget to swing away